This episode of the podcast is brought to you by sugar, spice, and everything nice. These are the ingredients to make the perfect killing machine. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that was hand-drawn. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. For this audio podcast. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a cartoon boy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a cow on all fours <laughs> and then stands up. Yeah. Uh, today we are to talk about the progression of animation, which um, we didn't intend to, but it kind of seems like we're going in this form of like September being like an animated month. Yeah, I know, right? I thought you were gonna say for this topic, I was like, is this is this gonna be an hour long? Well, this is week one of September, and we're already in like an animated movie and an animated topic. Well, I mean this topic. Well, yeah. We're going through the history of animation. We are. Is gonna this gonna be an hour long? No, we're gonna paraphrase some of this shit. Um, uh, okay. Basically, yeah, we're we're just gonna break down kind of like how animation got got its start, um, where it started from, some key moments in history, and then like where it is now, and then yeah, some of our favorite like animation styles in films. So I'll start it off, Matt. Are you sure you want? I did a lot of research. I man, I have a page and a half of notes. You know what's the fucked up thing about like my degree? Nothing. It's no, I mean, it's nice. It's a good degree. But, like, it's burned into my brain of, like, do extensive research. Mm-hmm. Like, when I've read, like, written 30-page papers, it gets to that point where it's like, and I have 15 sources. I do a lot of research for things that aren't needed. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of notes. Well, let's talk about the early age of animation then, You Matt. mean 1892? Yes. Restarting there? Yeah, which was, uh, they did uh, stop-motion animation. Yeah. Per- Parvi Polat. Palat? Mm-hmm. Palut? Palut. Palut? Yeah, why not? Parvi Palut, uh, which is the, one of the first ever instances of animation on film. Mm-hmm. It's like a five minute clip of some creepy little fuckhead that's like behind a pole trying to coerce some woman. And then this guy like slaps him in the ass. And then the girl goes away. And then he like sings to her. And then the guy slaps her in the ass again. And then that's the end of it. It's five minutes. I didn't watch it. I, I did. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I do research. <laughs> I see you were kind of traumatized by it. It's weird. It's mm. weird. But it is one of the first moments of here's somebody that was able to draw something. Yeah. And it's hand painted. And they were able to just move pictures. Like, what did it fucking say? It's like 500. No, that's the people that saw it. Uh, it's 300 to 700 frames. Mm-hmm. It's literally them just like drawing all that. And then they just fucking boop, 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 boop. Yeah. Like, that's the, one of the first instances of animation. And that's the thing, is, like, that's how animation was, like, in the early beginnings. Like, and the the reason why, like, animation is, like, such a, a unique kind of, like, concept is the fact that, like, because a lot of it was, like, originally hand-drawn, you had, like, all these opportunities to, like, basically bring imagination to life and, like, showcase things that are, like, so obscene that, like, could not happen in real life. Right. Um, I, I When I was looking up, like... The first cartoon really was in 1908 by uh, Earl Hurd and J.R. Bragg, yep. who made Felix the Cat. Yep. Um, and then realistically, like when it came to like movies, the like 1900s to like 1920s was like that beginning phase of like the silent films. Um, I believe it, the fucking first one that was like an actual movie was Journey the Dinosaur. Yep. In 1914, which is also a nightmare. Yeah, where it's creepy. Yeah, it's like a weird, gross, like <laughs> fucking bronchiosaur, which yep. isn't even technically a fucking dinosaur. Yeah, we get it, Zach. 
I used to be really into dinosaurs. Yeah. Um, and that early age was all cell animation, mm-hmm. which cell animation was just sheets called cells that um, had been painted on, like drawings on them to act like frames for the movie reels. Right. I mean, it's like old school in that sense of, you know, like here it is, is that they would just take like, like see-through images and mm-hmm. then paint over them and then they would just move them all together yeah. and then it would form an animated figure. Yeah, which was actually really creative to like mimic the idea of a movie reel. Yeah. Rather than having like shot on film where like each literal second is a reel, they like replaced that in an animation format. Right. But even then too, like it shows in the earlier ages is like this is how they were able to accomplish it. Mm-hmm. Pain fucking staking work I, I can't imagine sitting there probably for a month yeah doing, to do one scene yeah the one scene of him being like yeah <laughs> and it's for like, nine hours yep every day but they did it and it's like that's really impressive for that time yes. you know like i mean shit like film in itself wasn't really that revolutionary and mm-hmm. it's like here it is is that you're being able to take this amount of time to be able to create a fucking dinosaur walking around yeah, and, like, which eating a little bit. <laughs> I actually prefer that style of, like, I get it because, like, nobody wants to ever do it anymore because we have all these technologies. But, like, there's something about, like... Have all these technologies. Have all of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> but having, like, the technology to, like, have, like, ten different artists, like, basically just draw, like, one thing and then computer generate everything else. Oh, we'll, we'll get there, Zach. I know. We'll get but, there. like, the idea of, like, doing, like, hand-drawn... Yeah. Frame by frame, there's like a quality to it that it like is. I it's very nostalgic for me and probably nostalgic for you, right? But we'll we'll get we'll yeah. get there. So 19, I want to I want to where are you going? 1928. Okay, I I was about to go to 1930. So we're kind of in the same ballpark. Are you um, going to talk about Bosco? I'm going to talk about first, um, with Walt Disney coming to Rise of Power. Oh yeah, Walt Disney Studios, Steamboat Willie, the yep. first. Uh, film to have obviously Mickey, mm-hmm. the first introduction to probably like the the big bad boss of animation, um, nineteen twenty eight to also have the first animated film with sound. Right, I mean that in itself too was also a really important part because like back in the day you would have the animation, but then more often than not you would have somebody like playing music over it, like mm-hmm. how it was very indicative of like silent films. Yeah. Um, before we get to like nineteen thirties too, like. I just want to say, because of Walt Disney, like, big firsts in animation. So, like, there was Steamboat Willie, which was, like, the first animated film to have sound. Mm-hmm. Snow White and the Seven Dwarves was the first to... I know. Oh, okay. What? You got, you, Hold okay. on. Before that. Okay. I know what you're about to say, and okay. you're going to be wrong, because <laughs> I'm going to fact check you. So, technically, uh, Poor Cinderella in 1934 came out, which was one of the first animations, it's Betty Boop, to have color. That's not what I was going to do. Okay, well, you're wrong anyways. So, <laughs> But before we jump to Cinderella, because that in itself is a really, you know, like, theatrical length mm-hmm. form of animation. And that in itself, too, was groundbreaking. The yeah. fact that it can be, I don't know how long that goddamn movie is. That movie's like, only, like, an hour and two minutes long. It's still, like, at it the like time. It, barely breaks the threshold of, like, a feature film. But still, to think, like, how you would go from, like, 15-minute little intervals of, like, here's this fucking mouse on a boat. Yeah. And it's like, here now you have a hundred minutes of full-on animation. Mm-hmm. Like, that in itself is groundbreaking. To create an actual story. Right. But, like, I was going to say, too, like, a really revolutionary part that happened in 1934 is that they started finding ways to be able to in- 
introduce color. Yeah. And that in itself, too, I feel like brings so much to the table when it comes to animation. Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't have to just be black and white now. Now it's actually expressing a lot more. And, of course, like when we're talking about Cinderella, or Snow White, excuse me, they're both the same. Yeah. Uh, Snow White, it's like, now you become more vibrant. Now you get to express more. Now it's like, here it is, is that it doesn't feel like just a fucking picture. It feels like it's life. Yeah. Like it's real. And that in itself is like revolutionary. That is Blackjack, everyone. That's Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I was going to say uh, Snow White and Seven Dwarves was the first movie to be completely hand-drawn. Mm. Um, and then also... 101 Dalmatians was also the first film to use xerography, which is directly printing the cells from the drawings instead of hand inking them mm. by painting them. Okay. So those were like the big things that like Disney did first with animation. Yeah. Um, I don't know what you got. I'm jumping all the way to like 1990. I'm, whoa, hold Nothing. on. I got, I got stuff before that. 19- Nothing really matters. We got the <laughs> 60s here, buddy. Well, I know a lot of things, too, that, it, like, when I was looking this up, you have, like, really groundbreaking things that came up through Disney. You know, like, you have Cinderella, you have Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, yeah. Lady and the Tramp, Sleeping Beauty. Like, there's a lot of these movies, too, that are very iconic that come out that, at that point, too, is beginning to, be, like, show what Disney can do. Yeah, like, I think... Like, the heyday of animation to say, like, here it is, is that we can make a company off of this. Like, it doesn't yeah. have to be just, you know, like... You watch this at fucking Jimmy's Theater. Yeah. <laughs> it's like now it's actually like in theaters. Theatric. Yeah, it's theatrical. Mm-hmm. Like you would go to see this. And that's what I think even too is really important when it comes to the history of showing that people went out to actually enjoy and witness animation. Yeah, I think like Walt Disney really took the bull by the testicles there. It saved the company from bankruptcy. Yeah, like to, to basically put their entire like their their entire bank like in one corner i'm i'm forgetting what the terminology would putting all their <laughs> chips in one basket <laughs> putting all their putting all their eggs in one basket that sounds right um of of animation this is our one bank and it's over <laughs> here in the corner it's like all the way on the outskirts of town we weren't willing to get anybody in the central i'm so desperate that i brought this td bank into my house <laughs> this is jim he's the manager i can see him whenever i want um but yeah like for walt disney to like basically monopolize like animated movies mm-hmm. and like you know us growing up like pretty much every single like animated film was Walt Disney. Right. And to have such memorable ones like you said of like all these like Snow White and Seven Dwarves, Mulan, Little Mermaid, Cinderella, like mm-hmm. these were our childhood and like these are nostalgic films and they basically were like the catalyst for everything. Right. Um especially in the US too, like I mentioned it it gave way to saying that you can enjoy, you can go to the theaters and enjoy an animated movie. Yeah. So, and actually, too, I'm sorry, I, I, I skipped ahead. There is actually something in uh, 1960 that I want to talk about. Go right ahead, man. Okay, yeah. So one of the things, too, which I think is going to be important to specifically our discussion about things that we like, is the rise of anime. So in 1960, you saw, too, like more in television, mm-hmm. but not so much in terms of like theatrical yet. Yeah. But like... I mean, what came out in 63? You got Astro Boy. Yep. Like, how Astro Boy sets the scene of, like... Anime. It literally... Anime. It started anime. Yeah. And, like, that in itself, too, is, like... And Speed Racer. Speed Racer came out in 67. Boy, they look like shit. Um, 
What? Who's the judge? It was a different time. They didn't have a lot of animation back there's, then. There's some. There's some like. Second looks like shit. There's Stop. something to it. Second looks like shit. <laughs> That's like it. fucking cyborg. What the fuck is Bambi meets Godzilla? And you know. <laughs> oh, I know what that is. That's a fucking so like um. What the fuck? So we have it on VHS. Why uh, do we have this on VHS? No, no, no. We don't. Ha- well, we technically do. Like, Why? Um, so Godzilla '98 was like the very last like film that I had to watch for my Godzilla um like okay. marathon of every every single movie. And I was like, fuck, I can't find this anywhere. And I just, for shits and giggles, went downstairs and looked through our VHSs. And that was the last one that was in there. And before the movie started, it literally is like a two-minute thing of like Bambi just hand-drawn, no painting, no yeah. detail, anything. Just in a white little fucking space. And it's just him eating. And then just Godzilla's foot stomps <laughs> on him. <laughs> That's fucked up. And then the, the theme song plays for Godzilla. I love that. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. But um, anyway, going back to the point, too, where it's like, what what is what is the birth of anime give? It gives so much in terms of Japanese culture of like being able to express media mm-hmm. and then becoming a household staple. Yeah. Which then, I don't know where you're at in the timeline, because then we could jump. still. We, okay, you go ahead, because I'm, go- I'm going to go to the 80s next. So, so. I, w- I just wanted to bring up the fact that like, in the sixties, um, like you had mentioned, like in nineteen or sorry, eighteen ninety two, eighteen ninety three, for like the the beginning of like actual animation of mm-hmm. stop motion, um, it kind of the sixties kind of like became where it's like okay, we can start using, um, uh, stop motion again. Mm-hmm. And while I don't like that form of media because it creeps me the fuck out, <laughs> um, yeah, it does. Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah, that movie's creepy. In 1963. With the like skeletons? The skeletons. Yeah. And then using, like, the Cyclops, I think, at the end. Yep. Um, really, like, just created this hybrid of, like, using CGI and drawing to, like, really kind of, like, hone in on, like, what you can do. And, like, you don't have to have just people, like, painted up as skeletons. You can actually make something, like, kind of intriguing about it. Well, that's also, too, like, when we're jumping forward in the 80s, we'll talk about that, of, like... Mm-hmm. It also brings in this idea where it's like you can incorporate animation into a movie. Like yep. two of those can exist at the same time. It doesn't have to be singly animated. It doesn't have to be just live action. Like how they can start becoming together. 1988. Well, before that, because uh, yeah, we're going to talk about Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. That's like the main it's, one. It's really important. Um, but before that, one of the things that I actually want to mention too, because the 80s in itself gives a really long... Uh, history of animation mm-hmm. not just in the not just in the united states because of who framed roger rabbit and how revolutionary that was but we also have to consider too what's going on in, in japan mm-hmm. because in 1984 you have nausicaa of the valley of the wind and i love that movie and what does that offer then too it's like we have the birth of studio ghibli yep and studio ghibli then comes from this place where it's like during which is essentially this golden age mm-hmm. of uh, just animation because in 1984 is Dragon Ball. Yeah. So here it is that Dragon Ball becoming one of the most popular series of all time. The main Shonen Jump. It also gives this chance too of like, here it is that we can start creating longer theatrical animated movies mm-hmm. that then tackle amazing animation like studio ghibli like when we talk about studio ghibli it is the best right when we're talking about that beautifully Mm hand-drawn fluid 
so much animation, so much movement, characters, colors, yeah, character like, design, subtlety, grass, rain, like all these little things too, blood that are just dripping, and it's like you see it all, and it gives such an appreciation to animated film because of these movies. I mean, like fucking what else came out in the eighties? Castle in the Sky, the amazing Gorgeous. movie, Grave of the Fireflies, saddest Gorgeous. movie ever. Totoro. Gorgeous. Kiki's Delivery Service. Gorgeous. That's all in the 80s. Yeah. Like, that speaks to how much this time period starts familiarizing animation, but it doesn't just familiarize it. It starts honing it. Mm -hmm. It starts crafting it in a way that makes it so well done that it becomes a necessity. Yeah. It becomes a necessity in filmmaking because now it is, is that it's not just, like, kids' movies, which we talked about all the time, too, like, you and I off- Mike, that's an expression, right? I guess. Um, when we talk about, you know, like... Off the air? Yeah. Where it's like how anime then too can bring in this idea where it's like, it doesn't have to be just kids movies. They're not just kids movies. They're made for adults. Animated movies can be for adults. Yeah. And like, that's important, especially for what it means for just the ongoing part. But let's talk about Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Well, hold on. I got stuff before that. Uh, I mean, as you can tell, we really didn't like map this out of like who goes where Yeah, first. we really got to talk more about like... When we do these topics. Yeah, I know. I kind of. I, I, well, I did all my notes today. I did I all was, my notes today because I was like, "Fuck, I forgot." Also, the '80s introduced a lot of hentai. It's just a. It's and we're gonna gloss over that. Yeah, that's, let's that's get a, right into the hentai. Kind of important tentacles up the coop. It's a thing Dirt. called cream lemon. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> um, it was from 1984 to 2005. Wow, that's long that's for porn. Of, that's a lot of hentai. That's a lot of porn. Let's get across the pond again from uh, Japan back to the U.S. Um, 80s, really quick. Um, as Disney was becoming like a major star, we also saw like in I forgot to mention it, but in the 30s, like Warner Brothers are trying to rival Disney with mm-hmm. Looney Tunes, creating like these vibrant colors and everything like that. Um, in the 80s, though, major key component to um, competing with Disney mm-hmm. was Don Bluff. I okay. want to throw his name out there. Um, he was the one behind releasing and like creating really like the offbeat animated films that like were geared towards more adults that still mm-hmm. had like. In my opinion, this is like golden age of like animation style where like it just feels like so dirty, crisp. Yeah. Um, and those would be 1982's Secret of Nim. Mm, um, that movie's good. 1989's All Dogs Go to Heaven. Yeah. And 1986's uh, An American Tale Flavel Goes West. Oh, yeah. Those films that have like that kind of like style that like is just, to me, like when I think of like animation, like that's like where I like it. That like, yeah. That like really kind of like you can tell that everything is hand drawn and meticulously put together and they put love and care into like how everything looks. But it's animated in a very creepy looking way. Yes. Which I don't think is intentional, but when they intentionally try to do it, like Secret of Nim, yeah. Then it becomes terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Last Unicorn. Oh, man, that fucking movie's nuts. Ugh, that movie but, gives um, me nightmares. Ooh, can I actually mention one more thing, too, before we get started? So, like, before we start talking about Who Framed Roger Rabbit, because, mm-hmm. like, one of the things that I actually think is really interesting, too, um, and this is just kind of random. It's mm-hmm. not really in terms of movies, but I think it gives a good understanding of like, where, we're, where I'm intentionally going with this later on. Um, Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer music video. Yeah. Um that kind of like stop motion style to everything. Well, the cool thing about it is that it has multiple forms of animation in one context. Mm-hmm. 
So as we talked about before, it's not so much of just like people and animation. It's like Peter Gabriel's music video then involves claymation, pixelation, and stop motion. Yeah. And it's like all of them are together. And it's like that's a really interesting point too when it comes to the history of animation of saying that it doesn't have to be just one form of media. You can start putting them together Mm -hmm. to be able to continue your craft. Also, banger of a song. Yeah, it's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's like his one song as a solo artist. Yeah, I can't really think of it. Shock the Monkey is also kind of good. But that's like more of a meme song. Yeah, It's fine. It is. It's a decent song. To me, it's more of like a meme song. Mm -hmm. Um, Um, Anyways, 1988. Let's talk about Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Talk about Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I fucking love this movie. Frank and I went like in full detail like when we did that episode, Mm -hmm. but like... Man, like, the amount of shit that went into, like, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is, like, borderline, It's like, almost, like, insane. Yeah. Like, to have, like, what, like, not only to set it up where it's, like, they're actually physically drawing all the animated characters, but, like, while filming it, have people kind of as, like, puppets, so in that way you can guide to see, like the actors actually having reactions to them. Right. Well, like I talked about too, it's like one of my favorite things is the scene in the bar. Mm-hmm. And it's like how they built a set underneath the yep. bar so that they can move around like trays mm-hmm. and they would animate like the penguins like bringing the trays or like even to like the fucking octopus that's the bartender. Yep. Like they just like dangled like martini glasses off strings. And it's like that in itself is like it's bananas mm-hmm. but drawing they, out the sets yeah to actually have like the actors on like almost a green screen so they can put in the animated set right but it's natural mm-hmm. like that's the one thing that i really love about who framed roger rabbit is that it comes across like he's literally talking to roger rabbit like yeah. he's right there in front of him and like it was like while it was such a fucking pain in the ass headache to make that I, I would assume that nobody would ever want to tackle it again. Yeah. Um, except for the one movie that I keep bringing up that I can't remember right now. Cool World. Cool World. <sighs> um, which was like kind of... Fuck you, Zach. It was like a sexier kind of like lesser version of it. <laughs> yeah, it's like basic, it is a much lesser version. It's, it's like getting fucking Who Framed Roger Rabbit off of Wish. Yeah. Um, or but uh, yeah, Freebie. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Way to way to really knock down Freebie. It's helpful, but it sucks. <laughs> yeah, it has all the movies you don't want to watch. Yeah, except for that one time that it's like, oh, it's only on Freebie. Yeah, I know. Which is how I watched Sleepaway Camp. That's how I watched all the Twilight movies. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, um, but but yeah, like besides that, like that was such like a groundbreaking thing, being the first movie to like incorporate live action and um animation together and to do it right yeah that's the really important part space jam was the only other one to do it right. yeah but space jam's okay that yeah, space jam like it's... nostalgia glasses off space jam is just okay yeah but Who like framed roger rabbit yeah that like, movie's just amazing that that really was like the pinnacle of like we can do like animation and live action together and another thing too like we were kind of talking about um in our last episode with like puss in boots and like the incorporation of a lot of different things uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit also has like one of the most iconic parts where it's like, um, I forget his name, the detective, when he's falling out of the sky. Yeah. It's like you have Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny yes. on the same screen. Yeah. And it's like, that's really important because it symbolizes so much of animation of like, here's the two iconic characters, but they're together. That's all they were willing to do too. They wanted. Yeah, like, I know. Like, originally when the movie was pitched, they wanted to be like, oh, can we get like 
Donald Duck and like Daffy Duck and can we get like Goofy and like a couple others and they were like no you're barely getting yeah. our main one. They said that Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse had to be on screen at the same time. Yes. Like the same amount of time yeah, they had they, to be given. If they're given 10 seconds the other gets 10 seconds. Yeah because they really didn't want to do it where it's like oh okay like this one outweighs the other because then exactly. the company would go crazy. Yep. Um, but then you got Pixar, Matt. Pixar. You got Pixar in 1996. That All right, moving on the 90s. That's good. That's where I'm at. Yeah, moving on to the 90s. Um, Pixar really became like the the staple point with the release of Toy Story, being the yeah. first fully CGI animated film. Right, because then CGI computer graphics intelligence. <laughs> Con- com- no, computer generated images. There you is go. what it actually is. Yeah, thanks, Zach. Mm-hmm. Um, Crocodile yeah. Gundy images. <laughs> what? Because <laughs> Dundee would be copywritten. <laughs> Shut up. All right. Um, but yeah, I mean, like that itself, too, where it's like we have to talk about in terms of animation. Like prior, that CGI was very rough. If it was used, it wasn't used right. Well, even too, like, CGI comes in the stead of, like, it doesn't have to be hand-drawn anymore. Mm-hmm. Now we have technology and ways to operate art in a way that then comes where it's, like, it's literally just, like, putting in some ones and zeros, and here it is, you got to fuck a picture. Yeah, like, when we would watch, like, you know, when we were kids and we would see, like, these weird little trailers of, like, behind the scenes of how they made, like, Toy Story and, like, Monsters, Inc., and they're showcasing, like, you know, a basically, like a ball mm-hmm. in like a 3d printed image of it moving and yep. how they just added like all the features to actually make it sully right and then what do you get from that too you get so much easier work yes somebody doesn't have to sit there and draw a scene for fucking five months mm-hmm. you now have a way in which that you can create something much cheaper much easier and still in certain situations certain situations yes very good quality like toy story Unlike Dinosaur. Yeah. You remember that movie? Yeah. That, I was thinking was of, bad CGI. as much as I like it, I was thinking of, uh, oh, God damn it. <laughs> I hate when this fucking happens. <laughs> reboot. <laughs> there we go. Uh, do you ever, you ever watch that show? Yeah, I remember Reboot. That show is disgusting to look yeah, at. Yeah, but it's, but it's really, really cool. Yeah, it's a really cool show, but like, yeah. I but that I in itself talks about like the differences in CGI where it's like, it's cheap mm-hmm. and you can make it much easier and faster, but then sometimes it doesn't look great. Yeah. Uh, but in kind of in a segue to of that, because I do want to talk about more of like Pixar, mm-hmm. but I do want to talk about in the 90s of what Disney then created. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, this in my notes too, I, it's written down as the Disney Renaissance. Mm-hmm. So what comes out in the 90s, man? Beauty and the Beast. Yep. Aladdin. Yep. Lion King. Mm-hmm. Pocahontas. Mm-hmm. Mulan. Mm-hmm. Tarzan. Mm-hmm. Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yep. Uh... Rescues Down Under. I love it. Hercules. Yep. Fuck. 90s. That's, 90s were crazy. Like, Because, like, that, I think, was, like, really the point in time where it's, like, you know, when we were growing up, we had, like, we would get, like, the box set of, like, the VHS of, like, uh, Cinderella and, like, um, like, Snow White. Yeah. And, like, Fox and the Hound. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, going to the theaters to see, like, all of these movies was kind of, like... Like, crazy. Like, we'll never get another experience like that. Like, experiencing these first off, like, Walt Disney films for the first time in theaters. Like, going to see Tarzan, 
and hearing Phil Collins for the entirety of the movie. Yes, Son of Man blaring through the fucking speakers. Oh, what a soundtrack. Yeah. But, like, that in itself, too, where it's like, we can just take a moment to appreciate the fact that it's like, 1990s offered what is animation. Mm -hmm. It, like... In the U.S., at least, it this basically became when like Disney's like Studio Ghibli, which is like, look at all these amazing gems that you just created for us. Yeah, and it's like that in itself shows how much too at that point that it's like animation becomes not only too like what do we talk about for um, action movies? We talked about comedy and action movies being really popular, right? Yeah, but I think even for this too, like that kind of symbolized that point where it's like. Animated movies are up there now. Mm-hmm. They are money makers. Yes. And they're relatively, in a sense, cheaper to make. Yeah. Because you don't have to, like, scour the entire earth for, like, sets and make movie designs and cast actors and make them, like, in a certain look. Like, you can animate everything. Right. And, like, yes, it's it's not, like, it's more painstaking in that regard, but it's cheaper to make. So if you're doing it right, which Walt Disney was, you're getting more bang for your buck. Exactly. And then having, like, you know, ten artists on it together, mm-hmm. like, you're splitting up the load now, so it's not, like, one person just dying. <laughs> yeah. Like the fucking hand drawer of uh, Berserk yeah. before he passed. I know. But he he makes amazing stuff. Yeah. But um, also, too, going back to, like, your point with Pixar and, like, the 2000s, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that I actually thought was really interesting when I was looking this up, too, where it's, like, it also comes in this idea of motion capturing. Yeah. So how that became of, and for anybody that doesn't know, too, like, mocap is just being able to have, like, a real person, mm-hmm. you know, like, wearing a suit, putting on some balls and some other, like, crap that you have to wear. And it's, like, using a camera. And it's, like, your animations and your movements then become... The character. That's how we got Gollum by, uh, <laughs> yeah, by Andy Serkis in Lord yeah. of the Rings. But you have to give praise at early two thousands where it, like it's paved the way of like you can start making this. Yeah, you can start being a character. Two thousand nine's Avatar by James Cameron was like the big one. Yep. Of like, and to be fair, like I'm, I'm gonna put my two cents in here. I don't think it's particularly the best movie ever made. It's I think not. I think like everybody always is like, oh, like you know, it, it it got the most in the box office. Like it's the number one film, and to be kind of like, kind of scummy, like when when Spider Man was like reaching that point. Oh like, <laughs> yeah, they re-released it. it. Yeah, yeah, to re-release it just so in that way it still like kept its spot. <laughs> that kinda, was shitty. Kind of scummy. It looks still really fucking good. Yeah. If you watch it now, it still looks really good yeah, from 2009, it and it was really groundbreaking at the time. I didn't watch Way of the Water, but like... Oh I man, really that water looks really good. But I was just kind of like, been there, done that? It's basically the same movie. Yeah, like seen that already? But it's got more punchy crabs. I guess, but like... Punchy robot crabs. But like, yeah, like 2009, like that, we saw Avatar, like that was like the biggest thing of like using that mocap and CGI to really make it where it's like kind of... In a sense, I'm not saying it's better, but in a sense, rivaling how Who Framed Roger Rabbit was of like, look at what we can do of live action and animation together. Right. I mean, putting the two together is definitely a really impressive feat and making it look like it's it's natural. Yeah. Like it's supposed to be. Um, so one of the things before I get closer to my closing arguments. Um, We're not debating. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but um, I also wanted to bring into just, you know, like, also in early 2000s of what 
early Disney Pixar combinations are. It, it's kind of like a slump because as much as I love these movies, not a lot of people care about them. Because then, like, you get Emperor's New Groove. I love Emperor's New Groove. I do, too. It's amazing. Atlantis. Amazing. A yeah. fucking amazing movie. Uh, Lilo and Stitch. Mm-hmm. And love then it. Treasure Planet. Came out in 2002. Treasure Planet. Treasure Planet. So fucking underrated. I like this was like that one movie's of the, the reason why my wife married me. Really? Yeah, because she really likes the skinny white guy that's well, the main yeah, character. Because he's because he's, he's got hot. Attract, yeah, he's got an attractive look. And, now um, she, and that's why I'm I married her. Yeah, that was <laughs> that came out in 2002. That was like one of the ones where it's like I put in like my favorite type of like animation style because yeah. again it it kind of fits that like how I talked about that 80s kind of like dirty hand-drawn style but it looks so clean and clean and crisp right and it's 3d styled computer animated yeah so it like it just like it's not to the point where it's like they're hand drawing everything but they can add like so much more detail but it looks so fucking smooth and and stylized like when it's it's being shown to you on film yep so yeah um other than that like i just wanted to put in like we talked about anime but um Yutaka Nanten, um, nineteen ninety eight, the creator of uh, well, the animator for Cowboy Bebop. Oh yeah, okay. Um, Cowboy Bebop is always and forever will be one of my favorite styles of animations. Again, like so detailed and gritty, but like drawn in such a sleek style. Yeah, that like it just feels. It's one of those things where it's like you just watch it and you're like, man, I fucking love this, but I can't put a pin on like how to describe it. Right. I mean, it's just classic anime. Like, that's how I describe it. Yeah. But and that in itself, too, it, it shows. Um, and also, too, I think about, like, during that same kind of style, too, like, you have Trigun, you know, like, and how Trigun, like, your pointy nose, pointy chins, like, that hand-drawn, like, style animation, but it's yeah. class, classic. It just looks really good. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I, cl- I closed my laptop that had my notes because this is the time where I talk about Spider-Man yeah. into the Spider-Verse. And how nothing compares. The bar? Yeah. Like, we just got done talking about Puss in Boots. Puss in Boots kind of incorporates similar things, too, into the Spider-Verse. But the bar is... Raised forever now. Into the Spider... Like, whatever wizards or black magic they cast... Mm -hmm. To do this? To create this is an anomaly. It It looks amazing. Like... Everything that we talked about, too, I think throughout this history, it leads up to that. It leads up to what it means to have multiple different styles of animation moving at once. Fluidity, hand-drawn, computer animation, all of it coming together. Mm -hmm. And it's fucking incredible. Like, I feel like even, too, like, of course, we've had plenty of moments, too. Like, there's plenty of other Studio Ghibli movies that I didn't talk about, like Spirited Away or How's Moving Castle. Like beautifully animated movies but i feel like into the spider-verse at the end of the day comes down to like this is what throughout decades centuries has then allowed us to be able to create yeah all of this point too has come to this where we get to have this level of animation this level that like we said in puss in boots like it it really does grab you by the horn of like doing this comic book style and makes it so dynamic and makes it like just so fluent and crisp and like gorgeous to look at. And the fact to like actually making this animation, like if you showed this to people in like 
the 1800s, they would think you're a witch and they yeah, would kill you. you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, to me, like, when we're talking about the history and, like, some of our examples of this, like, mm-hmm. to me, Spider-Man comes up. It comes up in that place of, like, here it is. Here's the pinnacle. Mm-hmm. Look up at your God. Mm-hmm. Because this is what it means to be able to have Spider-Verse all of this. <laughs> And it's yeah. a really good movie too, which also helps. Yeah. But like it's just a it's just a beautiful marvel, no pun intended, uh, for what animation has become. It's become this point where you can make something truly beautiful and have all of this incorporated in it. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of the progression of animation. There we go. Cool. Zach. Matt. Uh your your middle toe is wiggling. And when I from knowing you throughout <laughs> my entire life, when your middle toe wiggles, you have something to recommend. I got a recommendation. I know that. Yeah. Tell me. Or I have severe diarrhea. Either one. It's too, it's too hard to It tell. depends on how your toe wiggles. What do you smell right now? Diarrhea. Okay, so good. It's <laughs> recommendation time. Um, I binge-watched all of today Ahsoka oh. on Disney+. Plus. Wow, that came out? Four episodes as of right now. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Every Tuesday. I didn't know that came out. Yeah. Uh, created by Dave Filoni. Okay. Um, I know you're going to watch it. It is uh, yeah. the best. It It is the. It is what I wanted Obi-Wan to be. Okay. It is the. Is it better than The Mandalorian? It rivals it. I don't believe you. It's it's top tier. I don't believe. Maybe. I believe you, but it's, not it's, really. If, if it finishes off the way that I think it's going to finish off, then it rivals Mandalorian. Okay. Um, it is, every like I said, it is everything that I wanted Obi-Wan to be. Um, I'm not going to spoil it just because I know you want to watch it, but, but like... How is it, Rosario Dawson? Amazing. She's great as Ahsoka Tan. Yeah. Um, the fact that they're doing, like, certain things that I was just, like, episode one, I was like, no fucking way. <laughs> okay. They, this show made you need to know what Rebels is. Oh, that's nice. Sabine is in it. Okay. Hera's in it. The green pirate. Yeah, all the losers. They're I know. talking about Ezra. Okay. That's weird. Her whole mission, this entire show, she's going after Thrawn. Yeah, well, that's... Like, it that, has to be Thrawn. That's top-tier shit. Yeah, that, like, that's good. Like, Star Wars nerds are like, yo. I mean, Thrawn is, we've been wanting Thrawn for years. We've been wanting, and, and the fact that we got him in Kitty Land fucking Rebels. Yeah. Which where it's like, he's a Nobody fun. likes Rebels. <laughs> no, there's two things in Rebels that are good. Darth Maul. And Ahsoka versus Darth yeah. Vader. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, everything um, else is pretty bad. The 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 acting is great. The uh, character designs are great. Um, The sets are fantastic. The, um, the fights very fluent um like i said i fucking knocked this out in a few hours because there's four episodes right now yeah um it's really compelling it's a really cool show i'm i'm very happy that we finally got something besides like mandalorian of these star wars shows that is actually like worth watching that's good yeah so um no, that's so good to hear i I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it yeah um definitely definitely check it out the way that I would if I were you I'd probably wait like until Tuesday or Wednesday and then like binge watch it. Yeah, I'd like to have a lot of one. Because episode 4 really left you off on like the worst fucking cliffhanger yeah, for me so, uh, where probably. I was just like god damn it I have to wait another week now. Yeah, listen, I watched it together so that's actually good. Yeah, so cool. Ahsoka, 
animation progression. You got to be wondering what we're doing next, Matt. I have to be. I wanted so badly to be like, yo, fuck this month. We're going into spooky season. We're doing it early. But. 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 You really fucking got me there. And and you piqued my interest for it. So I really want to show you Mitchell's versus the machines. <laughs> yeah, that fucking clip yeah. ruined me yeah. that I saw. I was crying laughing. <laughs> like everything, <laughs> like that movie is just yeah. like hysterical. <laughs> Eric Andre is also in it. Oh, that's fun. I'm, yeah. I'm cracking up already just thinking about that part. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> look at my mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're going to be doing Mitchell's versus the machines next. Yay. Cool. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Matt, roll the credits. <laughs>